It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Let's roll. It is the final day of November. How about that? The final day of November. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Good afternoon. Good, Good afternoon. to see you as always. Is it uh, okay if people put up Christmas decorations now, Jeff? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's perfect. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's perfect. December 1st, have at it. Have at it. Still All November today. Tomorrow, absolutely perfect. But to say, hey, look, already up at South Point, but at least for, we, my wife put the tree up, but there's no ornaments on the tree. Okay. I allowed the tree last week. No problem, but no <laughs> ornaments until the first. And then 25 days of Christmas. Let's go. Let's go. Starting that uh, tomorrow. We're going to be starting it uh, with Thunder tomorrow with the Pac-12 title game. See, look, look at our great crew. It just, it's the two-man booth back there right now. Sean and Ryan. Ann's off in some meeting. Who knows where Jerry, Jerry is. Jerry might already be off to Disney World already, in all honesty. But uh, it, it is, uh, it is a, a shout out to the two guys back there, Ryan and Sean. But this is uh, starting with Thunder for De December, the Pac-12 title game here in town, the Allegiant Stadium double uh, with the Mountain West title, UNLV hosting Boise State on Saturday. Great week of college football with all those championship games, NFL as well. And the NFL kicks off tonight with a game that even touched 10 not too long ago. But those 10s, what does our guy Vinny say? Blink and you miss? Yep. You missed if you're looking for a 10. Those are gone. It's now nine and a half across the board, including behind us. Never hit 10 behind us. But other books across the country and even the city here in Vegas got the 10 on this one. Seattle on the road at Dallas. Uh, the Seahawks, by the way, uh, made some history today for a game that's not going to be played for a few weeks. The Eagles and the Seahawks in week 15, your first ever Monday night flex game. Moves from Sunday to Monday. And as I said to our guy, Frank Nicotero, earlier in the show, just shows how bad the Patriots are that they didn't even keep a Patrick Mahomes game on that Monday night in week 15. Just shows how bad New England has turned. But we'll get to that game in two weeks. But Alex, now a nine and a half, open eight to nine and a half, total bouncing around 46 at the bottom, 48 at the top, 47 and a half now. We'll go through this through the whole hour, but what have you looked at? What have you played, if anything, on this one tonight? Well, Jeff, I cannot bet against the Cowboys at home right now at okay. this time. So I did lay the eight and a half with Dallas. I also teased them down, put them in um, with the Eagles, actually, teased them up. So we know how the home field advantage is at Dallas right now, averaging 41 points at home compared to 23.7 on the road. They're playing phenomenal. Dak is playing his best football right now, completing 70% of his passes, 7.9 yards per pass attempt, 23 passing touchdowns. That's the second most in the NFL. So I couldn't bet against them here. It's actually probably my strongest favorite play this weekend. It does make me a little nervous. Seattle's backs are against the wall. They need this win. They have fallen three of their last four. Um, they are over 500, six and five right now, but they just have not looked good especially offensively. They are depending on Gino way too much. They have no run game. And then they come into this game without Kenneth Walker, their number one running back. We'll see a lot of Zach Charbonnet in this one. But I do like Dallas in this spot. I think they keep it rolling. Um, makes me a little nervous. It is a lot of points in the NFL, but I wouldn't chase a bad. I wouldn't chase the number. Mm -hmm. I, eight and a half, I feel pretty comfortable, but would not be laying over nine. Yeah, I wouldn't lay to nine and a half. Total, I think, is right. We talked about this with the Seahawks the last few weeks. That loss to the Rams may have set them on a course that a lot of Seahawks backers, especially the ones that have some yes-make-the-playoff tickets, 
or even some win total overs. This may have set him on a course for something that may be a disaster for what you had. And this was a team that was, I mean, they were they were six and three after that win against the Washington Commanders a few weeks ago. Lose to the Rams, get blasted on Thanksgiving by the Niners. Now you have this game where you're almost a 10-point underdog in. You're going to be in probably a double-digit, no, not probably. You are going to be a double-digit underdog next week against the Niners in Santa Clara. Then they get the Eagles. They're going to be a home dog in that game. You'll be looking at six and eight going into the final three weeks of the season with, yeah, three winnable games in Nashville against the Titans, home game against Pittsburgh at Arizona end of your season. But all of a sudden, you went from, wow, this team might have a shot to steal the division if they can split with the Niners to, are they even going to be in the playoffs, even in this mediocre NFC? That's a big doubt, unless if they can pull an upset along these next three games, Alex. And I'm one of those people. I took the Seahawks to make the playoffs. Um, I'm really not counting on that bet cashing. And I'll go even further than what you said against the Rams. I think that pivotal game where they just got destroyed by the Ravens. Everything kind of changed from there. They had one win since then, and that was against the Commanders. And now we're starting to see it's not such a great win after all, right? They lose to two division opponents since then. So... They have really, really struggled. Have to try and uh, get an upset here in the next few weeks. Just looking at the NFC standing. See, Ryan read my mind as I was going to it. Look at that. Uh, there you go. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles 10-1. and one. Don't worry. We'll get to that game later. It's still Niners are favored on the road. Eagles are the first team this late in the season, a 10-1 or one and better, to be an underdog at home in any game in the NFL in the last 20 years. Uh, Lions, despite their struggles the last few weeks, still at eight and three. Look at that NFC South. Look at that. Look how pretty that is. Five and six here at first place. A tie with the Falcons and the Saints. Atlanta on the virtue of their win last week in first place. Uh, Atlanta plays the Jets this week with a game that actually the total has been bet up to thirty four off of thirty three. Uh, New Orleans takes on take on those Lions, which actually. I want your, we're going to get to that game a little later today because I want your opinion on that because for whatever reason, I'm kind of strong on one side in that game and it's not I'm the side you probably hear. think. Okay. So I, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, prop wise, do you have any, any props tonight? I didn't, there was really nothing that caught my eye in the prop market tonight. So I was looking at Tony Pollard anytime touchdown and okay. that is because I am a little concerned with Seattle's past defense. Uh, five of their last six games. Uh, the quarterback only threw one touchdown or zero. Uh, that was Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, some really good quarterbacks in that mix. Um, but the Niners, they had three rushing touchdowns and just one passing by Purdy. So Seattle's allowed 14 rushing touchdowns, fifth most in the NFL. If I was looking at a prop, it would be at a running back on Dallas's team. What was this? No touchdown score, 170 to one. That's not good enough. I need more. I need, I need 400 to one tonight. Yes, that's definitely. what I need in order to in order to do that at at a bare minimum on that one. Uh, you know, we'll get back to this game as it goes. We may see Vinny or Chris in here today. Uh, a lot of big big meeting day here at the uh, at the studio, so we may see them. If we don't, we'll get their opinions tomorrow on a football Friday. Back in its normally scheduled time after the holiday uh, this upcoming fr uh, Friday tomorrow at two o'clock here at the South Point Studio. All right. Let's let's go to college football real quick. Let's do this, not real quick. Let's take our time on this. Ryan, do we have do we have it? We, sure, sure is good enough. Yes, see, Ryan's got it. Ryan's all over it. 
Our guy, Chris Andrews, was asked by the Bear, Chris Felica, who we saw uh, on this show a few weeks ago, some hypothetical playoff lines. There they are on your screen from the Bear, from our Chris Andrews. So let's go through this. These are all potential playoff matchups. Georgia, right now, favored by Alabama against Alabama this week, would be 15 against Florida State. This is the theme of this. Michigan would be 12 against Florida State. Texas would be a touchdown against Florida State. Georgia would be eight against Texas, but only one against Oregon, which I think is the one that caught a lot of Twitter's eye on that one. Georgia would be 10 against Washington. Makes sense. Oregon's nine and a half on a neutral this week against the Huskies. Michigan would be a touchdown against Washington, five against Texas. And I think I got all of them there. So just looking at this. Georgia, Florida State, very logical one four. Potentially. Same with Georgia, Texas. Uh, and Michigan, Oregon, a very possible Rose Bowl here. With Oregon favored by two in Chris's hypothetical line. I'll go first here, and then I'm curious what, what you have here. I would lay all numbers against Florida State with the quarterback situation they have. I, if we get Florida State in this playoff, and, and look, they go 13-0, and they're going. I don't care what anyone says, they're going. The committee's not leaving it undefeated. Power five team out. And and I was reminded of this today when Ohio State won this first championship. Remember, it was their third quarterback. It was Cardell Jones. They beat Alabama as a double-digit dog. They flipped around and pummeled Oregon with Marcus Mariota in, in Arlington that year for their first ever college football playoff championship. Now, I'm not saying that any of the guys on Florida State are at the level of Cardell Jones was in that postseason. Uh, of course, Ezekiel Elliott was an amazing talent and carried the load for that Ohio State team. But it would be hard for me to pass any of those numbers that Chris laid out there. If we somehow get a Texas-Florida State, very happily lay a touchdown with the Horns. 12 with Michigan, wouldn't even think twice. 15 with Georgia, I got to think once we get north of the two touchdowns. But wouldn't be as bad as what they did to TCU last year. But I have a hard time seeing Georgia winning that game by less than three scores if they played Florida State. Very realistic Sugar Bowl possibility at a 1-4. So I'm glad I have one more weekend to watch Florida State and adjust and Good see point. how they do against Louisville. Because I I guess I don't have them quite as low as the odds makers. I okay. have Georgia about a 12.5 point favorite over Florida State. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I have to see what happens this weekend, see if Florida State moves down even more and how those two would match up, in my opinion. Um and then I have Texas a little higher than Chris because I have Georgia-Texas, um, Georgia as a four-point favorite oh, in that one. Okay. So, yeah, I get I get to see. It's fun seeing these numbers and having Chris put them out early, kind of see where I am. I think his top three teams must have a pretty big gap, right, to the next teams. But I completely agree with the, I mean, with the Oregon one because I do have um, – them right up there with Michigan and Georgia. And then I looked at my dad's power ratings too, Kenny White, and kind of wanted to see where he was. He's very close to Chris's as well, but he does have Michigan as the number one team. Okay. So he actually has Michigan as a 16-point favorite to FSU where Chris made it 12. So I'm interested to see what all the Twitter people would be saying about I, that. I'd be very interested to see. Of course, those are the odds here at the South Point to win the college football playoff. Michigan and Georgia, your co-favorites right now, at plus 180, the Ducks of Oregon, 5-1, to one, Alabama, 9-1. to one. Texas, 10-1, to one, Washington, 15-1. to one. Kind of feels like we're forgetting about the Huskies. Because if they win, they're going. They're in. If they win on, on Friday night as a 9.5-point underdog against the Ducks, they're in. No, no doubt about that. 
Florida State 30-1. to And then the Buckeyes just sitting there off this week. If we get carnage across the board, a Michigan win. Doesn't matter who wins the Pac-12. Georgia handles their business and Texas and Florida State lose. Buckeyes could back their way in as the number four seed pretty easily. And what I just said, not impossible. I would be shocked if Texas blew that game to that mediocre Oklahoma State team. But hey, if anyone's going to blow a game where they're 15-point favorites in, it would be the Horns. So uh, it would be fascinating to see how that ends up going across the board uh, with everything right now. Again, Georgia, a 15-point favorite, according to Chris, against Florida State if we get it. Michigan 12 against Florida State, Georgia 8, Michigan 5 against Texas. Uh, both of those were Texas lines. Again, I, I do, go into this one real quick because this is the one that caught everyone's eyes. The ones with Oregon. Yes. Where he is, Chris has Oregon a one-point dog against Georgia and a two-point favorite on a neutral against Michigan. I would stay out of the Georgia-Oregon game because I would anticipate that would be a national title game regardless of how it goes. If the committee put Georgia-Oregon as a 1-4, that's pretty brutal to do to Georgia right out of the gate. I think yep. the proper thing would be, unless a Florida State just runs Louisville out of the building in Charlotte, you po- assuming Oregon handles their business and covers against Washington, you just flip Oregon and Washington, make Oregon number three, keep Florida State in that four, you give Georgia the one against Florida State, and then Oregon plays Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Pretty nice send-off for the Rose Bowl with a Pac-12 Big Ten matchup in the final year of the Pac-12. Uh, but those are the ones that I caught mostly Twitter's eye. For what it's worth, I think I think Georgia probably should be a, maybe a point more against Oregon. It should be short of a favor, uh, short of a field goal. And I think Michigan Oregon is a pick. I think that's the pick of the picks at that point. I think yes. those teams are dead even. Contrast of styles, both with really good defenses. I think that's the ultimate game that would be a, at least in my mind. I would make it a pick. And I would say, you know what? Have at it whatever way you want to bet it, bet it. That would be the way I would handle that game personally. Completely agree. Um, you nailed everything right there, even with the alignment with one through four. Um, I I think people don't realize that Chris didn't just use these numbers coming off of last week's results, right? Like he has been adjusting the, his numbers, making the lines throughout the whole season. So Oregon has slowly been moving up while Georgia, who is – Barely survived. Well, not barely survived, but, you know, looked weak at some point and kind of moved up and down here. So Oregon has been at the top for the last four or five weeks here. So seeing them as a one point or two point dog or even a pick in these games is not surprising to me. Again, the Ducks have been through the last six weeks since that loss to Washington. They've been the best team in college football. I I don't think there's much of an argument with that. You could argue Georgia. I'd listen, but I think the Ducks have been better over the last six weeks. That's the personally, that's a national championship game I would like to see in Oregon, Georgia title. Now, granted, if we got Georgia, Michigan, no problem with that either. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. See what happens this week. And again, how these lines will alter. And of course, these are not set in stone. Everyone, all, all, every team in that mix plays this week. You never know. We don't want to talk it into existence, but we saw Jordan Travis get hurt. Someone could get hurt, and this changes in a big way. We could see, again, Washington could beat Oregon, and who knows? Maybe you never know. Washington already beat them once. Yeah. Maybe Washington beat, maybe Washington has just not played well, and you know what? They get up for Oregon, and they beat Oregon by 10 points. It'd be a shocker, but it's not out of the realm of possibility with how those teams played in Seattle, and 
how Washington, at least the first half of the year, was every bit as good as anyone. Absolutely. I do want to get your opinion on one thing. You brought up Ohio State. So they yeah. sit at number six right mm-hmm. now with Texas and Alabama behind them. Are you okay with that? Or did you think those two would jump Ohio State after I, I, I think it's irrelevant, personally. Uh, because if Alabama and Texas both win, they're hopping Ohio State. Ohio State's done. If both... Of, I, Ohio State's done unless if the scenario I said before right. happens. Georgia beats Alabama. Alabama's done with two losses. Oklahoma State stuns Texas. They're done. Texas is out. And then Florida State still has to lose to Louisville on top of all that. So the Buckeyes' path to make the playoff, even though they are rated ahead of Texas and Alabama, mm-hmm. both those teams, Texas beats Oklahoma State. They're going ahead of Ohio State. And Alabama beats Georgia. Look, I don't think if Florida State wins, I don't think Bama should get in over Texas for one, assuming Texas wins. And if Florida State goes 13-0 versus 12-1 Bama, it's an interesting debate. I think the committee would take Florida State. If we went off town, I have no problem with Bama going over Florida State. Uh, but I just don't see the committee leaving a 13-0 out. And there's no argument that makes any sense for Texas not going ahead of Bama because we have to we have to take the head-to-head into right. consideration. Texas went to T-Town and beat him and beat him handily as a seven-point underdog that day. So, uh, again, a lot can happen this week. We'll break down the games, actually, in the next segment. We'll get your thoughts because uh, you're with Frank tomorrow on Punchline. So this is the last time we'll see you until Saturday morning uh, to get those games. But we'll have the Pac-12 title game and uh, the New Mexico State Liberty CUSA title game as well. We'll discuss those next. We get back. Sports by the book. South Point Studio here on a final day in November. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar, where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu. Plus, a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. 
That's the South Point Sportsbook. You can also see the back of our heads, the blue lights of the South Point studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside, of course, uh, before we continue, shout out Dom's Pizzeria, Trafford, PA, Steiners across the valley here in Las Vegas, and Oasis as well. Shout out to all them uh, showing our program today and every day uh, here from the South Point studio to wherever you may be watching us as well. Any any comments uh, today so far, Ryan? Or are we... Uh, Hey, we we uh not uh not feeling it from the peanut gallery so far. Not yet. Don't worry. I'm not worried about that at all. Not worried about that. I'll say something ridiculous enough in the next 40 minutes to get someone going over there. All right, Alex, let's go to tomorrow's games in college football since uh we won't see you again on this show until Saturday. We will see you tomorrow on Punchlines from noon to one with Frank Nicotero. Uh Washington, Oregon's up to 10 now. Up to 10, just moved, 66. So now, the age-old question here, we're up to a key number. We're up to the, the, the full 10. Is now the point you hop in on the Huskies getting the whole 10? I think yes. But okay. you have to remember, So it, and everybody who is watching, I'm kind of in a, new, a unique situation here because I have a ticket on Oregon. So when I'm telling you this, and I am, I did jump in on Washington plus the 10 as well, it's a little bit of a hedge. Also, I think I'm in a great spot where I can win both. I do think Washington can hang in this game. All that talk, we were talking about Oregon being the best team in the country, but these two really don't like each other, and these two play each other very well. If you rewatch that first game, they match up really well, Jeff, especially in the trenches. Both O-lines did fantastic job protecting their guys, giving them plenty of time. Both quarterbacks were only sacked one time. Both teams have their star running backs, right? And their wide receivers who they like to go to. So I think it's going to be a great game. Again, I I say this, you know, as I have both sides, but I don't think Oregon is really going to just run away with it. I think Washington can hang in there, and I think 10 is a lot of points. So we're at the point here where I'm curious to see how this goes the day of game as well. Event here, we plenty of action i know across the street at those mgm books on mandalay bay and luxor where everyone be walking across the hacienda street yeah. bridge right in right right over to Allegiant stadium making sure they get their bets down beforehand trust me i've been there done it plenty of times and going to events over there uh they're at t-mobile but regardless alex I, you know this is the point though for me okay. where one of two things happens here in this game Either this is an epic like we saw the last time in Seattle mm -hmm. or Oregon blasts them. There's no Washington wins this game by multiple scores box in this game. And if it does, guess what? The Huskies will have earned that college football playoff berth. They'll probably, they'll, they'll probably stay at three. There's no difference between two and three. So they'll just stay at three. And there you go. They're in the college football playoff. Congratulations to everyone up in Seattle. I would lean towards this though being a close game or the other counter to this is talking about 10 points in a college game and a college game with two good teams in it. Back door is pretty open. Yes. Once you get north of that touchdown, now that you're getting to the whole 10, that back door is pretty open. So I'm going to stay out for now, but if you have been waiting all week for the 10, I would do it now. I think more likely than not, this probably comes back to nine and a half by the time this game kicks, just because I think at some point the public has to overwhelm and they're going to say, whoa, I'm getting 10 with Washington. 
the team that's rated higher in the state, in the rankings, it's even though undefeated. we all know, yeah. even though we know that has nothing to do with the line, boy, I'm going to take those points. Heck, I might even sprinkle on the money line. I wouldn't do that, but I know there'll be plenty of people that will do that going into tomorrow. I think this closes nine and a half, Alex. So if you like that 10, do it now before it disappears. Are you going to the game tomorrow? I will be there. I will be there. So the show ends at four. Going right over. Park the card, Mandalay. Walk across. Be ready to roll. Good. So you'll represent uh, Sports by the Book tomorrow night. And, and you I'll got it on Saturday. Saturday. Well, Ryan will be there too on Saturday. And the uh, the Las Vegas locals, the UNLV grad to uh, to my right. Uh, not the UNLV grad in the back, but plenty of UNLV connections for our guy, uh, Ryan McCormick, who is a Southern Utah Thunderbird. There you go. I got it right. I pay attention every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but regardless, I'll say this. I, for the Pac-12, it's the final Pac-12 game in its current form for football. You could not have gotten a better matchup. You mentioned it's two teams that hate each other, two teams that will play in the Big Ten moving forward. And it, right now, Oregon-Washington, I know Michigan-Ohio State was an awesome game. The Oregon-Washington game was a better game than the, than the, than the game last week. So put together a game like that, an epic, good way for the Pac-12 to go out at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, let's so go. no bets as of right now in Not that at game. the moment. Okay. Talk to me tomorrow at 4.35 p.m. <laughs> okay. 25 minutes before the game. Walking through, walking through with whatever. You know what? I might just not bring cash to the game. Just make sure I don't do anything at a kiosk beforehand. All right. New Mexico State and Liberty. Uh, CUSA title game. Again, unbelievable job by Jerry Kill. I just... Program was dreadful when he got there. Made a bowl last year. Now in the CUSA championship game on the road against undefeated Liberty Flames. Backdoor shot of Tulane goes down against SMU to get into a New Year's Six Bowl. Not impossible. I think SMU would probably get in if they won on the road in New Orleans, especially with the backup quarterback. But uh, Liberty with an opportunity potentially to get into a New Year's Six Bowl and a bid in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl more likely than not. Um, Alex, it's 11 and a half at the peak behind us is 10 and a half. It's really 11 and a half or 10 and a half. There's no like straight 11s out there, which is interesting. Um, I would take as many points as possible with, uh, with New Mexico state. Uh, I like Pavia. I think he's a, I think he's a warrior for sure. Fun quarterback, pretty darn good as well. It is a difficult road trip going from Las Cruces to Lynchburg <laughs> just as part of a conference, uh, flight you can get in the country until next year's Big Ten when the California teams are playing Rutgers next year. But I, I, I 11 and a half is out there. And one prominent book here in town, one prominent national book as well uh, that has a crown. I would uh, I would go with, uh, I would take the 11 and a half with the Aggies in this one against the Flames. I'm with you. I took the 11 and a half as well. And I love this bet because these two have already played each other in that first Outcome, Liberty won 33-17, to 17, but there was a lot of things that just went wrong for the Aggies. They had three brutal turnovers, so they went up 7-0 to start the game. They get the ball back, and then they have a fumble where Liberty marches back down, scores, and then it just changed the whole momentum of the game. Liberty, you know, ultimately won that one because... The Aggies had two more turnovers throughout that game. But I think it's a great matchup. I think they can come in here, take care of the football, hang in there, and actually have a chance to win this one. You're, you mentioned it about New Mexico's quarterback. Two really good quarterbacks on both sides. Both dual-threat quarterbacks. Both have played very well this year. So this should be another good game in the Conference USA. 
And I, I like the underdog here. Moving, moving along here, Alex. Let's, uh, let's go to Saturday real quick. Just an overview here, because we'll get all the, your thoughts on Saturday morning. Uh, the only thing that I like right now, but I'm going to wait to see if I get a three. SMU's with the backup quarterback. Preston Stone got hurt at the, end, at the beginning of that game against Navy. Carted off, done. Broken fibula, done for the year. Tulane is only three and a half at home against SMU. And I know there's some injury concerns on the Tulane side as well. That's why his numbers went down from as high as six down to three and a half. If this gets to three, I'm laying it. I'm laying it with the Greenwood. They're better football team. Uh, SMU has really pounded on bad teams this year. When SMU has played the two good teams on their, and I put good for one of them, because TCU really wasn't any good this year. They're five and seven. SMU was handled by TCU this year. 34-17 handled in that game against the team that ended up five and seven. Oklahoma, who we thought at the beginning of the year had a much better defense than in the past few years, but ended up being pretty similar when it was all said and done, held SMU to 11 points. So I'm not saying Tulane is Oklahoma, but Tulane's better than TCU. And Tulane is much better than every other team that SMU played this year. They're not going to be able to pony up on them, no pun intended with that one. I like Tulane, especially when we get down to three. That's an auto lay for me on Tulane. I'd even, I, again... I wouldn't do it because humongous difference between three and a half and three, but I almost get there at three and a half. Almost. So I took the points at SMU early in the week. I took five. So this, this move is all money, right? Because we already knew that stone was out. So I just, my biggest thing here, Jeff is the Mustangs. They have a really good secondary. They're six in the nation in allowed yards per pass attempt. I think that they can slow Tulane down, especially who, relies on their quarterback and the passing game. I, I think we'll have a good matchup here. Um, SMU, 8-0 and in conference play, and I know you just said against really good teams, not so good, bad teams. They've done very well. Um, but I, I think we'll have a good game. I took the five, so we, we do have a chance to uh, both win here in this one. By the way, real quick here, just, just bringing this up, uh, Michigan, people keep betting Iowa. It's down to low is 21.5 in the market. Totals is totals been bet up to 35. Nice that nice. Bet up the 35 at spots. 35 and a half behind us. Uh, I said it earlier with Frank. This feels like Michigan runs them out. And the only other game that Iowa played similarly to this was against Penn State. Mm-hmm. 31-0. Mm-hmm. Michigan can, will be able to move the ball on Iowa's off on Iowa's defense. 22, I don't think, is enough. I know it's crazy to say in a conference championship game, but I really don't think 22 is enough with the Wolverines. And I also don't mind this thing over if you can get a better number. You get 34 and a half, I think I go over that. I'm shocked that it's moved that far down. Now <laughs> it's almost a, um, a lay at 21 and a half here with Michigan. Did you see um, Iowa's team total in the first half? Yeah, it was, it was first and second half. They're, they're half, yeah. half. With the juice on the with on the under in the first half as well, never seen that. Never seen that preflop. I've seen it in game plenty, but not preflop. No way. No way, Alex. So people are really just banking on Iowa to get a defensive touchdown here and and have them uh, hang around in this game. But I have not done anything with this one. This is one that I passed on. 
All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, let's go to tonight's action. NBA, big card. NHL, big card. Uh, some college hoops as well. Also, Chris Andrews will join us a little bit later in the program here today. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio, the site. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to Blackjack and Roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you as always. Alex White alongside uh, going to tonight's action across college hoops, college or NBA, NHL. We'll start with hockey first. Big card as always. Uh, what is this? This is 15 games tonight. Big card in, in, in the NHL. Uh, Alex? Uh, I'll let you steer the ship here. Where are we starting in the NHL? All right, I'll go in rotation number order. So first play I really like on the board, 51-52. San Jose Sharks at Boston. I like this under six. It is now minus 130 here at South Point. But the Sharks, they've scored 36 goals in 22 games. That's an average of 1.6 goals per game. In their nine road games, they managed just six goals. So that explains why they are 7-1 and one to the under on the road this year but the Bruins we know they can score they have 71 goals in 21 games averaging 3.3 a game but I think San Jose can keep them to three or four goals because since they gave up 10 in back-to-back -back games the Sharks have held opponents to an average of three goals a game I think this number would be just fine at five and a half so I'll be happy going under six here you buried the lead on that Boston's a five dollar favorite right now <laughs> that one against the Sharks. Uh, the, that is the biggest number I've seen so far this year uh, in an NHL the, game. They're as, they're as large as minus 550 at Caesars. Woo. 
The puck line's also minus two and a half rather than a normal one and a half you see. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Uh, yes, one book has minus two and a half. Uh, behind us is a, is uh, you're laying the puck and a half with the Bruins at a dollar ninety. Steep. Yeah. Steep. Steep. Would you would you would you get dare? I know you just put, set up the argument against the Sharks scoring at all tonight, but <laughs> would would you dare? Would you dare take over four dollars with San Jose tonight or no? Can't do it. Um, let's see who's in in net. We got Blackwood. plus four ten is the best price out there on the Sharks. Excuse me, plus four twenty five is the best number you can get on the Sharks right now. Um, Boston does have their number two goalie swimming in, so no Olmark. That could help a little bit, but Mackenzie Blackwood is uh three eleven and one on the year for the Sharks. So I think I'm going to stay away from that one. Three eleven and one. That's uh, that's almost half the Sharks wins though, isn't it? The Sharks are over half. See, five, five, Ryan, they're five, all over. Five fifteen and two for San Jose. That's a winner right there, Alex. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm joking. What was that? Yes, that is true. They are a much better team at home. Uh, from bad to wow, this team is barely an, a hockey team on the road uh, so far this year. All right, Alex, where are we going next? Okay, so there's two games where I actually like over one and a half in the first period, okay. and. This is um, actually normally an under team for me, and that's the New York Islanders at Carolina. But when you hear these stats, the Islanders games have gone over one and a half in the first period, 14 of 21. That is 67%. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Um, first period goals, they have 21 in 21 games. I'm not saying they happen perfectly, one in each game, but the Canes have 20 in their 21 games. So I like over one and a half. Or if you are really feeling um, brave out there, you can go both teams to score for some plus money because the over one and a half is minus 120. Where uh, where else are we looking There's at? There's another one, Edmonton and Winnipeg. I like this one over six and a half with these two teams. Last time they played each other, Winnipeg won 3-2 despite being outshot 40-27. to So I think we're going to have a really good game from the Oilers here. I know they're coming off. Um, an emotional, physical game against the Knights where they did win in the shootout. But it's a good team. They can bounce back. Um, not bounce back. They beat the Knights. But, you know, keep it going here. Um, expect a lot of goals in this one. I also like that over one and a half in the first period is actually minus 160, though. Going to the association real quick. I, I don't have anything tonight. I don't think you do either. Just loaded card across the board. I just want to bring this up. The Knicks are the biggest favorite on the board. Uh, at 14 and a half uh, right now. Uh, the Detroit Lions have more wins this calendar year than the Detroit Pistons do, which is not good if you're the Pistons. Pistons have lost 15 in a row. They started the year 2-1 and one, or 2-16. and 16. I, I, Ryan and I were talking about this before the show. Is, is there a moment here when you get a team that bad that's on this ridiculous of a losing streak? At some point, they're going to start. They're going to have to a cover a game, which right. they haven't done in in a, in a little bit as well, and b like I'm not saying take them out right tonight at the Garden. They're not going to win tonight against the Knicks, but is it, don't we have to start at some point taking these big giant numbers because it is again an NBA game and a team uh, they're all professionals getting 14 and a half. That's a gigantic number for an NBA game, especially this early in the season. Yeah, I mean, I look at the San Jose Sharks. Right, we said the same exact thing. They were on a record losing streak and giving up the most goals, but then they, you know, they found their spot and got a win. So 
Yeah, I wouldn't. Not tonight, though, against the Knicks. They have a really good defense. Um, I want to ask you about another game on the board, though. Yeah, the Atlanta Hawks and the Spurs. That total is about 20 points higher than most of the totals on the board. So 248 right yeah. now. Opened at 246.5 behind us. Only been bet over. Hawks, by the way, 7.5 on the road against San Antonio. I, I mean, look, the Hawks, what was that, 10 days ago now, played the highest scoring regular yeah. season uh, regular season regulation game in NBA history against the Pacers. Uh, they don't play defense. The Spurs don't play defense. I have no problem with that total being that high at 248. Uh, let's just put it this way. I wouldn't want to bet it under. Right. Despite it being that high uh, at 248. I- I'll stay out of that uh, tonight. They're really, really, the, the Clippers and the, and the Warriors, probably the best game of the day. I'm still a little aggravated at Golden State. Took them in game when they're up bunch against Sacramento and still didn't get there, even just laying two uh, in-game in that one. But regardless, kind of get my kind of my own reminding me, hey, don't lay favorites in-game in the NBA (laughs) at any point. Uh, But uh, Indiana plays Miami tonight. Of course, the Pacers play uh, Boston next week on Monday in the semi in the quarterfinal, the East semifinal of the in-season tournament. In-season tournament, by the way, semifinals here next week, a week from today. Uh, that East final officially scheduled for 2 o'clock Pacific time next Thursday. And then the West final of the in-season tournament scheduled for 6 at T-Mobile Arena that Thursday. Boy, the league, I'm sure the league is hoping for the Lakers to get to the final against either Milwaukee or Boston. And boy, what a draw. Heck, even the Knicks. Sorry, Pacers fans out there. But pretty good draw across the board. Anyway, you slice it for the teams that are going to be here potentially in Las Vegas for the in-season tournament. Any college basketball for you today or anything you want to talk about? I jumped in last night, got uh-huh. to watch a few college basketball games, including the North Carolina, some of the Duke game. So I I had FAU in a money line parlay with Illinois Chicago. FAU is up 16 on Liberty right now. Probably should have just laid the lumber at seven and a half with that. Uh, I don't mind UNC Wilmington, who just moved back to a favorite. That, that line's been moving all day. That flip favorite twice now. Uh, now that Wilmington's one and a half point favorite, I'd probably stay out of that. Uh, I pick last night. I thought Wilmington was good. Missed the best of it. Uh, not going to bother there. Uh, the rest of the night, there's not, not much else late night. Uh, didn't mind Texas Tech. Didn't play it. Wanted the whole three. Never got there. Uh, but we'll see how this all plays out. Again, the big one tomorrow and I know this will make an appearance tomorrow on Football Friday, even though it's a basketball game. Kansas hosts Connecticut tomorrow night, which is a humongous early season game in college hoops at the Fog. Uh, UConn, there, I know some books have some numbers out. I saw Kansas minus two. Uh, if that makes his way here to Nevada, that is going to be a lay at two on Kansas coming off of a game where they were a 39-point favorite against Eastern Illinois two nights ago and only won by eight. And we're only up three with two minutes to go in that one against the Panthers of Eastern Illinois. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Chris Andrews just walked into the studio. We're going to talk to Chris. Hypothetical lines and more with the Sportsbook Director here at the South Point. Chris Andrews joins us next to wrap up the show on Sports by the Book. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. 
plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. Final segment for us, Sports by the Book, here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here, as always, to my right. Now further to my right. Uh, the, I, I I missed the memo. I guess I should have worn black today. Oh yeah, you didn't see uh, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I'm, thought I sent it out to the crew. I'm just in, I'm just in my I'm just Jeez. in my gray jacket instead. Our guy Chris. So Andrews. tomorrow you have to wear a tuxedo. So that's oh, you know. can I wear the tuxedo shirt or can I wear the Jimmy Vaccaro tuxedo of a white hoodie? <laughs> the real tuxedo. Oh, now I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. The there. rental's open till late tonight, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it may be a Canadian tuxedo, Chris. <laughs> oh man, uh, no. uh, all the uh, all the denim I can find. Yeah, uh, but uh, Chris, uh, well, you know, let's go right to it. Uh, our 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 good friend Chris Felica asked yeah. you put out hypothetical lines. Yeah, uh, they've been seen not only by friends and family but people around the world on Twitter right now. Yeah, and you know, I so we Alex and I talked about it earlier in the show. I, I the one interesting thing, and this was the one that Twitter caught the most. Yeah. Just how high you are on the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Where you have Georgia's a one point favorite on a yeah. neutral against the Ducks. And I think the one that caught everyone's attention was Oregon being a two point favorite on a neutral against Michigan, yeah. which, look, Oregon beats Washington this weekend. Michigan handles their business against Iowa. Georgia beats Alabama. Guess what? We're getting Oregon and Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to tell you. Uh, well, for, let's go all the way back to. August Please. when Vinny and I started doing games of the year and season win totals, conference season win totals. We both said the same thing, man, this pack 12 is really, really good. And I think, you know, they had the one game that was a toss up that they lost. Otherwise I think they're very impressive. And some people were saying, well, I'll put them up against an sec team. I got to tell you, they're kind of built like an sec team. They beefed up their lines. They're going to talk to you about, you know what, Georgia beat them by like 58 or something last year, whatever it was. You know, this is a different team. Every year is different. And uh, I, I've been high on Oregon all through 
this year. I actually liked Washington against Oregon that day, uh, just the way things were going. And I think Washington's very good too. But uh, I think Oregon is really, really good. And by the way, while you guys were on the air, I don't know if you saw, but we went back to 10 on yep. that game. They laid it to us. You know, so a lot of the wise guys are on it too. And part of, um, you know, making numbers, and I'm, I'm not trying to pick winners. I'm just trying to find good numbers, you know, is like judging the market. Now, sometimes at this point in time, it's a little hard to tell because teams have been playing in conference all year. So it's a little hard. But I still have my methodology, and I know a lot of people disagree with it. And you know what, Jeff? That's what makes gambling. You know, I'm oh, going to yeah. open whatever I want to open. But, of course, it might change by the time we open on Sunday morning or whenever we're going to open. You know, some injuries, some how they look, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, recency in college means a lot. Not much in the pros, but it means a lot well, in college. And, again, you just mentioned it, and we mentioned it as well. Friday, tomorrow for the yeah. Pac-12. All those games on Saturday, they're just more data points. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, uh, the other thing that's funny with this is obviously put some lines up involving Washington. Yeah. What happens if the Huskies come out tomorrow night and pull the up, pull the the upset and yeah. just stand pat at number three in the college football rankings? Yeah, I can't I, say that's out of the question. No, either. I keep saying, did you ever watch football on a oh. college Saturday? <laughs> Ten-point dogs win all the time. You know, I mean, that's... That's just the nature of the game, you know. So I mean, would it stun anybody if Washington won? No, I mean, it'd be a mild surprise, but it's not like they're a twenty-five dollar dog. They're like oh. plus, like what, three fifty? No, something. it's not. It's not like we're asking Stanford to come to Allegiant Stadium and beat Oregon <laughs> right. this year. I mean, right? Washington's good team, very well coached. They have a lot of talent, good quarterback, all that. You know, yeah. I mean, they could easily win that game easily. I You're going to be there too. I will be there. I do want to ask you about that, Chris. So. Right now, Oregon's about 10 points better in your power ratings because mm -hmm. that's how we got to this line. If they do upset Oregon, how f far oh, up man. do you have to adjust Washington there? Yeah, probably like two points. You know, okay, I don't know. Not you know, probably not much more than that, but depends. I mean, did they win 24-21 right. or did they win 56 nothing? You know, I mean, so again, data points that we have to take a look at and see, see how we're looking. Uh, listen, if they beat Oregon... They're going to move up in my power ratings, oh, yeah. but, but you know, we are in week, whatever the hell it's it week is. Week 14. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. go too crazy right. of an adjustment, but you have to do something. I, I want to ask about Florida state because yeah. they're the polarizing team now because of the Jordan yeah. Travis injury. And I, Rodemaker left that game with a concussion at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you had the 15, again, getting 15 against Georgia, 12 against Michigan, seven yeah. against Texas. Uh, they seem like of all the teams that play this weekend, like if they come out and they did what, remember when Cardell Jones came in for Ohio state almost a decade ago mm -hmm. and they smashed Wisconsin Not almost a decade ago. Yeah. Well, it was a decade ago oh now. My God. They smashed, uh, it was, I believe it was Wisconsin in that big 10 championship. Nothing or it was something like wild like that. Yeah. And then they won a college football championship with their third yeah. string quarterback. I'm just wondering if Florida state comes out and, with whoever's at quarterback this week, depending on the injury to Rodemaker, they come out, smash Louisville. How do you move them, especially where it's like, all right, we got about, what, Louisville's about the 20th best team in the country right now? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, a little, it's a little bit difficult. It beat up pretty bad last week to a, a mediocre good, Kentucky Yeah, team. a good Kentucky team. Let's yeah. not go overboard. Another friend of ours who's been on, well, the old show, Stanford Steve. Of course. He texted me last night, too, we, and we were talking about, well, maybe two nights ago, we were talking about what do you do with Florida State? I said, Steve, there's more volatility in that number than anybody else on the board right now. 
Because when I opened it, and I forget what I – do you have the opener there? What did I open, like so five, you, so, I think? So, so right now it's down to one and a half. Yeah, uh, I opened you open, five. You opened five, right, Alex? Yeah, I opened yeah. four. Yeah. yeah, I'm down to one and a half with business. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I thought with Rodemaker, I thought he looked pretty good. You know, just anybody recruited by Florida State is going to be pretty good. You know, but, of course, he had a concussion. But, you know, I, you know, Louisville, I don't know what happened last week, but I had to definitely lower them a little bit. Um. But I, I told Steve, I says, this thing can go a million different directions depending on, on how they look. Listen, if they get blasted, they'll still be in one of the New Year's Day bowl games. But how much do you lower them? You know, because the quarterback, and you know me, I'm terrible with the names. What was the, the name of the original starting quarterback? Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. He's, he was a terrific player and, like, really the player for Florida State. Oh, yeah. You know, and without him, I mean, I don't know. But, listen, over the years – I know that, like, and there are certainly exceptions, but a certain level of player is at certain schools. Right. Like, if Miami, Ohio loses a quarterback, you kind of know, I mean, except Ben Roethlisberger, you know, but you kind of know what the backup's going to be. You know what I mean? You know, and if Georgia loses a quarterback or Alabama, we kind of know how good that is going to probably be a four or five star recruit. Miami, Ohio, who they going to be a two, maybe a three-star recruit. Mm -hmm. And that's about the level you're going to get. Right. So right. I like Rodemaker, what I've seen. I mean, we'll see if he's healthy and see if how, how he plays in a big game like this. But it was a pretty big game last week, and he looked okay. They did, they did all right. I thought that more that result more had to do with Florida. Yeah. More so. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't dispute that. But, I mean, uh, he, he, he did his job, you know. I will ask you this real quick. Uh, we were talking about this game earlier. The American Championship, where SMU and Tulane – very possible the winner of that game is going to the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Tulane go wins. They're definitely going. This has been an interesting one because SMU's quarterback's out with the fibula injury. Yeah. And Alex brought up the backup, and his numbers are good in the limited action this year. I'm a little shocked that the betters have taken this this game the way they have, where you know Stone's not going to play, and they still are taking it with SMU down to three and a half. I I'm not surprised. And I tried okay. to stay under the market when it opened. I think I opened lower than anybody. I've tried to Open stay three and a half. And what did I, is that what I opened it? You opened to three and a half and then moved it to six pretty quickly. Right. Cause um, yeah, the money right. came in quickly. I did move it. Uh, I think at that point we weren't sure about stone. We didn't whether, know how bad. We didn't know how bad. Was. Yeah. But then after that, I've been reading a lot from, I go, you know, I try to get as much information I can. The SMU people love this kid. They love him. And, uh, you know, I think SMU, that's another one. Vinny pointed him out a couple, maybe a month or so ago. Says, look out for this SMU team. They are really good. Um, so I, I really tried to stay under the market with that, but I, I'm not surprised because the word out of SMU is that this kid is very, very good. And uh, meanwhile, they're going to kick off, and I'm probably going to need Tulane in that one. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. Yeah, you wouldn't. You're okay I mean, with I, that, look, right? I'm hoping we, I, I hope we somehow get to three because I'll lay three. Uh, yeah. with, well, with stick around. <laughs> no, I, I, if it gets there, I'd be very happy for that. Uh, that's also, again, a little later in the day. It's going at yeah. the same time as the SEC championship game. So that might be, uh, might be forgotten by a, a, a few people uh, as that goes. Speaking of the SEC championship, yeah. I mean, this has been a pretty volatile betting game yeah. uh, with, with Georgia and Alabama. You're currently sitting at five and a half where you opened. Yeah. You moved the six. They took the six right. with the tide. Uh, in the market here, I mean, you're, there's as low as four and a half. Right. I mean, this has been a very volatile game in the way it's been bad. 
I, you know, I, my numbers came to six. So I, I see it dropping and guys, you know, they'll ask me about, it. I said, well, when they bet me, I'll move it. I mean, right. what can I tell you? I don't feel like moving on air. I think the number's okay. I think, I think Georgia is that much better than, than Alabama. But of course, you know, we talked about 10 point dogs winning every week, you know, five point dogs win every week too. So, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I, I just I think the number's okay and when they bet me I'll move it, but right now I'm I'm whatever decision they give me on that I'm okay. What about the Mountain West? You two want to talk on this a little bit cuz I'm going to I'm going to stay out of this one. I, I kind of like UNLV. I, I'm with you. And listen, <laughs> I spent you. close to 30 years in Reno. I am not a UNLV fan, my dear. I'm sorry about that. As a matter of fact, the, I, I, there's a couple schools my wife she likes to buy me some golf shirts. Don't get me UNLV. I'm still in Nevada. Hey, Wolfpack and Rebels, I know. It's, yeah. It's, it's no, I clash with our friend Steve Stallworth upstairs, you know. But uh, but I, I like UNLV in the game. I, I, I really thought the game should be like pick them. You know, I mean, you're not getting a whole lot, but I think a, a money line play on the dog probably give you a little bit of value. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Chris. I think UNLV is the better football team. I know last be, week. yeah. You know what? I, I think actually what happened last week may help them this week. Where... The spotlight was pretty bright for them last week. Chance in an outright conference regular season championship at home. Played poorly for three quarters. Just started to come back a little too late in that game. And we've talked about Boise State. This is not a good Boise State team. No. And here they are. They fired the coach three weeks ago. Right. And here they are in the Mountain West title. Uh, that, yeah, I know. I mean, I, if you're the coach, what are you sitting at home? You're winning with my players? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, geez. Um yeah, you know, I'm looking at my notes here. I actually made UNLV a one-point favorite, okay. so pretty close to pick them. But if I think if you play the dog on the money line, I think you got some value. See, and I thought it was about to pick them, but I didn't give UNLV any home advantage in that because uh, – Ticket's as, still available. Yeah. Yes, as Ryan mentioned last week. But as, what you said, I think last week is probably good for them. Um, and I hope way more Vegas people actually show up. Yeah. For this one on Saturday. Well, Boise's staying here. Do you know that? Are they? They're staying here? Yeah. Well, boy. The, Maybe we'll make, overfeed them a little bit at the buffet <laughs> or something like that. The, uh, the, uh, the South, the, uh, Chris, before we get, before we go for today, the uh, football game tonight, the NFL yeah. game tonight, they're laying it with the Cowboys, yeah. which is not much of a shock. No. Uh, we're not, are we going to get to 10? On this, are we going to touch ten here? We touch. How much time so, do we got? We got. We got about an hour and twenty five minutes. Maybe. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I know you kind of like the favorite. I, I don't really like the dog, but I thought like nine was a good number. Yeah. So we're a little bit above that. Uh, you know, we might get to ten. You know, I don't know. I mean, I always hate Mister Gone will call me fifteen minutes before post, and then we get switched around in the last fifteen minutes. Oh, I thought we needed. I know who did Cincinnati play that one day. I think Buffalo. Thought we needed Cincinnati. Well, we did at five o'clock, but at five twenty, we needed the other side. You know? Yeah, this is one of those where we we talk about Seattle on this show. Their schedule is really difficult. Yeah, and for win totals before the season, for make miss playoffs, they got to find a way to get one of these next three games, or else they're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the season, even though their last three are all winnable games. Yeah, they, I mean, I think they're a good team. I don't know how good. I don't, you know, they're not anything really special, but they're a solid team. And I, and I don't know if you listen to Frank's show. The one guy hates Pete Carroll, <laughs> but he is a pretty good coach. I, I hate to tell you. Yeah. yeah. So. He, he does a lot of things that drive me nuts, but you can't argue with the results, especially these last two years. 
You remember last year going into the year, we yeah. thought they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and they worst made the team. playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> last year. No, he uh, is a good coach. Yeah, yeah. I can't argue with the results. Yeah, the guy didn't like the way he chewed gum and threw it just anywhere. Oh, well, I so, thought yeah. that was hysterical last week <laughs> when they caught that on camera. Do you know how many um, touchdowns Garrett Wilson has this year? Garrett Wilson has oh. two. Two? Or three, excuse yeah, me, three. three. He's the one week one, the one week two, and then that one last week, which shouldn't have even counted because the game was already over. Do you know how many touchdowns DK Metcalf has? Okay, I, I should know this because I have DK in fantasy. Uh, but I'm going to say he has, uh, I'm going to say he has two, right? He has three. Okay. Well. okay. So how does he have the same amount of touchdowns with Geno Smith as Garrett Wilson does, who hasn't really had a quarterback? All season long. So that that kind of sums up how the Seahawks have been playing. Well, what, the three, three touchdowns for Garrett Wilson is uh, is uh, 30% of the Jets' touchdowns. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> it's funny how fantasy works. I mean, I, I'm, I've quit fantasy. And back when I played, like 80s, 90s, and all that, Dave Craig was a great fantasy quarterback. John Elway was a terrible fantasy quarterback. So go figure. Yeah. Blake Bortles was a uh, was a fantasy Hall of Famer the one year yeah. when Jacksonville kept getting down twenty points in the right. second half and they had to throw the right. whole th- third yeah. quarter. It's, it's just uh, that's why I quit playing. I can't take I can't take the aggravation. I, I I have threatened for multiple years to 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 hang, to hang it up with fantasy after this year. It's it we I have I have to sign the letter. I'm retiring for fantasy football. I'm done. Oh, he's doing done. it. It's not fun. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't take the aggravation. Yeah, it's, it's it wasn't, not, yeah, it was, wasn't enjoyable. Sports, sports betting, even though there is plenty of aggravation, is a lot more interesting and more fun right. to me than than yeah. fantasy football. So, all right, Chris, always a pleasure. Yeah, Thank my you. pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. On. Football Friday. We'll see you, yep, see you tomorrow. Football Friday, uh, two, two, to two to four tomorrow. Uh, not a lot of college games, but as you said, big they're one. important. Big they're one. big ones. College football, whole NFL slate, and also, I'm just preparing you for this. There's one gigantic college basketball game tomorrow night that we will definitely talk about. Kansas-UConn? That is right. We will be talking about that one at least for a little bit. That's a big one. uh, Tomorrow uh, at Fog Allen to kick off the month of December. How about that? We're in December tomorrow. Crazy. Crazy. You know, the years go by as like a percentage of your age. Yeah. I'm 67. It goes by really quick. You're 30? Yeah. A little slower for you. <laughs> Wait till you're my age. Yeah, it's uh, don't worry. I'll be. I'll. I'll blink and I'll be there. Right. I'll be gone by then. But uh, sure, I, I didn't want to say, it, Chris. <laughs> Chris, thank you as always, Alex White. Thank you as always, crew, Jerry, Ryan, Sean. Great work as always, and as well, who's uh, uh, congratulating uh, our all mutual friend uh, yeah. Des and Ken, uh, yeah. who uh, had uh, had uh, their first child uh, a few days ago uh, last night. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Kid is Ken, named Ken also, correct? Yeah, so a, a second uh, Ken into the world. Uh, so congratulations yeah. to Des and Ken on that. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I'm Jeff Piles. This has been Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio.